It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Look at all the fancy fucking pictures you got going back there. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Hello, I'm Allison Raskin. I'm a writer, mental health advocate, and co-host of the podcast Just Between Us. What a coincidence. I'm Gabe S. Dunn. I'm a writer, bisexual icon, wink, and I'm also the co-host of this show. Just Between Us is a variety show where we interview fascinating people, play a ridiculous game called hypotheticals, and talk about things that affect everyone or maybe sometimes just me. We also do a show called Too Long Did Read It, which is a show where we scour the depths of Reddit to find the weirdest, kookiest, most upsetting posts, and then give our opinions. So if you're looking for a new show to check out that goes from silly to serious in the same episode, often multiple times, back and forth (laughs) from each of us, you can check out the Just Between Us feed where we have over 200 episodes waiting just for you. 200 episodes? I know, we've been doing this a long time. And they were very funny. Okay. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith With. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here, checking out the series. I do hope you hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover the new ones at Spotify and Apple Podcast at nprwfpk.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. You can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with uh, some of my recent guests have included Jerry Harrison of The Talking Heads, Adina Menzel, we had The Hives on, Barry Manilow. Uh, we had the filmmakers behind the movies Landscape with Invisible Hand, They Clone Tyrone, and Heart of Stone. I've also recently talked with Madison Beer, Fosia, Bethany Cosentino, Victony, and of course we had the 800th episode special featuring Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age, Janelle Monet, Keanu Reeves and Dogstar, Suki Waterhouse, Rob Lowe, Monica Bellucci, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Meredith With podcast. And that's me, Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Tommy Stinson of The Replacements. You could also say Tommy Stinson of Bash and Pop, of Guns and Roses, and lately of Cowboys in the Campfire. We're going to be talking about a couple of those right there. Uh, starting with Cowboys in the Campfire, this is his new, I don't know what you call it, it's a little bit Americana, it's still singer-songwriter. Uh, anyway, they got their debut album out, so we're going to get the background on this project and sort of taking some inspiration from the uh, 60s and 70s country of his youth. That includes uh, artists like Conway Twitty and Tanya Tucker. Uh, they had X's John Doe guest on the record, going to be asking about that before we then turn our attention to the replacements 1985 album tim 
which just got its own reissue. Uh, he's going to tell us how the band reluctantly got behind these reissues uh, and why he's not crazy about releasing demos, but also we'll get into things like the myth versus reality of the infamous Alex Chilton sessions that happened on this Tim record and what it was like hearing Lord, you know, the, the artist Lord, covering the replacements swing and party. All that and more as we talk Tim and Cowboys in the Campfire. It's Kyle Meredith with Tommy Stinson of The Replacements. Hi! And honestly, it's it's a pleasure having you on here. You've been such a big part of so many amazing acts over the years, and, and you're continuing. Uh, I want to talk about Cowboys in the Campfire in just a moment, but I also want to tell you how much I'm enjoying this brand new record that you guys have put out. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, we... Uh... <laughs> Funny road that one. <laughs> it's because it's, that's what that's started. Would you? Well, it's it's been almost like a decade project in the making. Is that right? You know, I, I guess you could say that. I mean, Chip Robertson and I have been writing since I met him. He's my ex-wife's uncle, and when we moved east with our little baby at the time, Tallulah. Um, he and I became fast friends and I finished up, I, I was, I was making at the time when I met him, I was finishing up a solo record called, um, one man mutiny. And I basically finished that in his basement and we've been writing since then. So, you know, with our lives and schedules and all that kind of stuff going on and, and all that, we, uh, you know, we eked out a record after 10 years. That's not to say, I mean, he's, he's also played. He played on One Man Mutiny. He played on the Bash and Pop record I did, the newer one. He's been involved in all these things, but we finally got our we we got enough material together to finally put out a record. So here we are. There's such a cool mood on it. I think you've talked about in the press release about especially being inspired a little bit by the classic country that you grew up on that your parents were listening to with uh, with Conway Twitty, and uh, I think you mentioned Tanya Tucker maybe. Uh, yeah. In there. Yeah. How did, how did that find its way in? Because maybe that's always been a part of your DNA. Like, I understand it. I was, when you, when I read that, it made me think about the stuff that I grew up listening to that I probably rejected from my parents for a little while and then came back around to realizing how much, you know, that ended up meaning something to me. That That's pretty much, that sums up pretty much exactly the scenario here that I, I could tell you about this. So I never... Um, it wasn't so much that I, I was inspired by, I mean, I think that press release might be a little bit misleading in this, but in terms of, you know, having any sort of singer songwriter country or, you know, those kinds of things in the mix growing up in the replacements. I mean, there was always fucking, you know, Hank Williams going in the, you know, and then black flag. And then, you know, we'd be bouncing around with all this different stuff from everyone's, you know, musical backgrounds really. But in terms of looking back on it, I never really, you know, and I still don't. I mean, I'm not like I didn't I didn't didn't seek to make a country ish record or anything like that. Basically, what Chip and I did was we figured out that we're a duo. And so we you know, we've been touring around just the two of us playing these songs that we'd written and like wanted to keep us as as simple and to that point as possible. Although as I started you know, producing the thing, songs needed, needed things that I felt um, that they were asking for, really. Um, and so it turned out the way it was, the, what it, it's really just a stripped down record of, 
basically the same kind of shit I've always kind of written. There's always been a bit of a singer, songwriter, country, country tinge to everything, whether the replacements or me after the replacements. There's always been that in there from my upbringing. I mean, listening to, you know, you know, all the different stuff I grew up listening to, it's all in there always, you know. So I never, so, you know, I didn't really, you know, intend to make that kind of record per se, but this is what we got. Sure. And you put in just a little bit of the different clothing on it. And I think, you know, once you, once you call it Cowboys on the Campfire, I mean, that's what really cements it in our heads. That gives us that mood. Yeah. And, and I, I, I guess that goes by design, you know, that's, that, that that's how that works. Yeah. yeah. And it's, um, Really not. I mean, to further on what you're saying, because not in a rip misrepresentation manner, but it's if I if if you hadn't heard it and you're only going by what you and I just said, you'd yeah. probably have this idea of what the album is. And it's not exactly that because you're right. It is a singer songwriter and you get these um, even you know, rhinestone cowboy moments. So I'm talking about the sweeping orchestration that goes through it and, and the type of melodies that you're using. I mean, schemes. Yeah. That slide guitar can't help or whatever that is, can't really yeah. help you, but put it in a certain mood and, and souls and the way it builds and sweeps. I mean, it is more, there, there's so many creative moments going into this. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, you, you, you could derive a certain thing from the title of the record and me and you discussing it to a degree, but really there, there is a lot of different things in there. And I, you know, I, I keep telling people this, you know, with my songwriting, it's like, I, the songs pretty much dictate what they want. And I, I don't really, I've, I've tried to force my will on songs and I've done, I've grown up in the replacements, you know, we tried to force our will on songs to try and make them this when they wanted to be that. And when you grow up doing that, you see the, you know, the shortcomings of that that desires you know some songs really do you know they they speak to you they want something more out of it and you it's up to you to figure out what that is you know these songs they um they were meant they were written by chip and i you know we toured around and and they evolved in our touring and stuff that and things changed and and evolved by the time we got to recording them that by the time we got to the recording process we had a pretty good idea what those songs wanted and that, and then on top of that, you know, they, they spoke to us more. So, you know, all these things kind of come together and, you know, that's what you end up with the finished product is, you know, the songs finally get what they, you know, they presented the way it's like your little kids when they grow up and they go off to college, you know, that's kind of that vibe. And we'll be right back right after this. I tell you there, there are a few things cooler than a great pair of cowboy boots. I mean, I'm thinking of some of my favorite movie heroes uh, like Clint Eastwood in, in Outlaw Josie Wells or, or Kurt Russell as, uh, as Wyatt Earp in Tombstone. Uh, the Man in Black uh, from Westworld, that comes to mind. Ooh, or maybe Jeff Bridges in, uh, in True Grit. Uh, I mean, it, nothing is cooler than seeing those cowboy boots walk into the screen. And, and I'll tell you, there's no cooler brand of cowboy boots than Tacovas. And the great thing about Tacoma is they're they're bringing this fresh perspective to heritage boot making. They've carried forward the uh, all the time honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort style and service. Their western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time honored individual steps. And the boots are Austin designed 
Texas-tested and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And Tacovas is Western to the core. They're offering a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples like trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. And if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, then you should put on a pair of Tacovas, And you'll see, they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. Tacovas believe in Western for all. And you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you're greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink. Yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. Just look up the closest store on Tacovas.com. And if you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Tommy Stenson. Chris can't be overlooked that, uh, you know, there is a nice guest on here, uh, John Doe. Uh, I've had him on here many, many times. And what he's he's playing there. Uh, is he upright bass that he's on? Stand up bass. Yeah, he never. It's the first time he recorded stand up bass with anybody. Um, we just happened to be going through through Austin and he had just moved there. And we called him over to the studio and to hang out. And, um, you know, I told him before I got there, I said, I got like five songs or something like that. You feel like playing? And he was totally down for it. He came over, he played and he sang. We had such a good time that the, the first song, the first five songs that comprised this record were the first songs that, that these they were like the, the centerpiece of the whole record. Um, the ones we did with him. Once we did those five songs, it was clear to us that we needed to one, you know make a full record because at that point we weren't really even, even talking about making a record we just talking about we get these five songs let's record them with John Doe hey whatever he's here you know um and so having done that you know it started it started the ball rolling of you know that was sort of the nucleus of the whole record right there yeah. and the songs that the songs that comprised that moment would have been um Mr. Wrong um Karma's Bitch uh um but I'm bum 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 Three others. <laughs> Three others. Yeah, we ain't, we we ain't is in there that he did. Um, uh, hey man, um, originally, yeah. So yeah, we started off with those songs, and we kind of built around it, and you know, most of it live. I mean, we did a lot of that just kind of on the fly. And and you're so close because of the heritage of both of you all. If he had just finished out the record, then you call the super group. That's all it takes. Yeah, you know, I mean, John Doe has been a good friend of mine for, fuck, almost 40 years, man. So it's kind of um, <laughs> just funny to say that, really. But but um, no, he's been a very, very good friend to me. Uh, well, as we talk about the past, too, uh, I want to bring up, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Tim is uh, the latest to get the reissue treatments in the replacements catalog. 
and gets a bit of a remix as as one of the the, the big selling points i think uh, along with the more tracks from the uh, alex chilton sessions and we've got a live album on here when you remix something like this when, when you go back to a classic something that is embedded in so many people's memory to sound a certain way not to say that it's dangerous because whatever fuck that you can always go back to the original but but what exactly. is it that you, you all wanted to pull out of it is it anything specific so how these things work with these um box sets is it, they, it's been bob Mayer that's leading the parade the parade on these and and if it were left to the replacements me paul and chris that is um we would have never released any of these extra material, any of this extra stuff at all. We wouldn't have done that. That's um, because there's a reason why it didn't make the record. There's a reason why it's been in the vault, all the above. But um, what Bob has managed to do with, you know, starting with his book and stuff is pique people's interest in the bigger story per record. And so, um you know, by him going in and seeing what's out there and what's, you know, what was, what's, you know, in the vaults and that kind of thing, he's managed to pull together and help Warner Brothers throw together interesting packages that um, the fans are really into. And so for our, you know, for my buck, like I said, we would have never done this, but because, um, because Bob has done such a good job of it and people are really, um, uh, revering them as you know quality things and stuff like that we are uniquely in a you know this place where our music is really relevant still um to some degree with you know modern culture and rock and roll and you know indie indie radio you know has gone by the wayside but you know we were part of that and i think um you know there's still people want to hear more know more about the story and i think bob's lined that up to have these box sets do tell the story um and, you know, with that, there's, you know, comes the butt puckering moments of like stuff, the outtakes, stuff you don't really want to hear that, like I said, we would never put out. But because the fans want that, I think it tells the bigger story about each record as it happens. I think, you know, we're, we've acquiesced on it and, you know, cool, you know, because like I said, we're, we're still finding ourselves kind of uniquely um relevant right now which is is great you know we couldn't be more grateful for that so when you take all that into consideration um you know all the outtakes and the weird stuff you know the you know it tells the bigger story about the about that particular time you know yes you are very much still relevant i mean i know it's been told many many times but even like god it's been a few years but lord the artist lord coming out and doing swing and party which you know is is kind of cool introduction to that whole generation there i still hear the music in television movies uh, and and whatnot but it is as fans i like to listen to this and i imagine that is what that was that last thing you said was it lord that lord. did lord that did swing and party lord did swing and party yeah she covered, did actually actually not just live she she released a, a, a studio version of swing and party as a b-side i remember hearing that on something else and i just and i always forgot to ask what the fuck was that because <laughs> um, i heard it i heard it in the somewhere and i was like and I, I wasn't with anyone that had any idea what the fuck i was talking about it must have been like a restaurant or something I'm going, what and then i forgot to follow up and find out what that was but it was her huh it was lord so yeah you're and like you know that's that's the the, the pop 
you know, temple right now, part of part of that world, you know, Lord and Lana and Taylor and everything. So it's interesting. I'm interested in in who's heard that, you know, yeah. of this of this younger generation and, and what if they picked up on, you know, the ones who take it further. Yeah. Did she pick it? Did she was she a fan of that or did someone say, hey, you might want to try this. This might be kind of cool. You know? And we'll be right back right after this. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Tommy Stenson it's talking about this because I know it's different for the artists. And I think that's for a lot of people. You know, you hear about that with Prince and he, you know, he kept the vault shut for a reason. Now it's open that he's gone. But do you get into any of that with other artists? Like, did you check out the Beatles stuff? You know, the deep when they started doing that same thing in the past few years? Like, do you have that thing? Yeah. And so how that works. <laughs> That's kind of the rub. So as much as we can poo-poo how much we would never have put out these extra tracks and all that stuff, we were all, four of us, all four of us in the replacements, were all totally into the big star outtakes, the fucking Bob Dylan, this, that, all the other stuff. We were totally the fanboys like that, that are always into that. So we'd be, you know, being very hypocritical to say, well, nah, no one's going to want to hear that from us, you know, that kind of thing. And as it turns out, you know, we're wrong. I mean, we'd be wrong to say that people, I mean, if you're really that much of a music fan, all those things tell the story that people are interested in, just like we're interested in it, whether it's Bob Dylan, Rolling Stones or fucking The Clash, whatever. So you got to take all that into consideration with this. And and that's how I've had to, I've kind of stepped back from it. And, and you know, Bob, like I said, Bob, I, Bob Mayer's done a good job with this stuff uh, with Warner Brothers. And, you know, if they were doing shoddy, just throwing crap against the wall, I, I think we would probably have put our foot down on on that. But because they're well received and it seems he's doing a really good job with it there, it's a it's it's a good combo to let it go and okay all right all right you can let the butt puckery moment go see you later i'll talk to you you know that kind of well you know some of that story that you're talking about it's interesting hearing how many ways that you all tried to make can't hardly wait possibly work for this record you know i think there's three different versions and eventually even gets pushed down to the next one and and you know just revisiting those other great moments i mean dose of thunder like that bass really dances you know in that track i mean hell left of the dial for yourself and maybe not considering what you've already just said but do you find that you had demo itis are are there any moments on here that you go you know i think that there is some more magic in that demo than maybe you know because that happens yeah, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't involved myself enough to, to get to that point with any of them, but I do know that um, Nowhere Is My Home was always a lost uh, a lost gem, and and you, you can't, um, not for nothing, you really can't discount that Here Comes a Regular was a second take, and that's that was it, you know, 
um, the magic in that. You can't really, you can't discount that. That's a, you know, a moment. And, you know, I think, you know, looking at our legacy, I think, I, I think some of our best works that people still hold to have that vibe about them. We, you know, before we got into having budgets to really noodle around with too many overdubs and spend too much time overthinking shit, we did things pretty much live and, you know, while we had the, the, the lightning in a bottle moment, you know, and I think that stuff stands up and that's, and it's, and it stands up because of that. We were, we were at our strongest when we were in the moment in a particular right there, like it's three we we're rolling tape. It would have never happened if we'd started at three fifty. I mean, it's just like that, that finite moment. We really captured that as a band throughout our career for the most part the later records a little harder to find those gems in that regard because we got there was there was a trade-off i think it was more of a trade-off of trying to find and dig out what songs might have wanted more than than them just showing themselves you know and well on top of that and i mentioned um you know a couple of the other bits that you do get the uh more of the uh the alex chilton sessions in here i'd wondered a little bit about that like so much of that has been probably mythologized at this point you know you were there is the is the myth bigger than the reality in those moments yeah <laughs> to some degree i mean there's really not much to the myth i mean the reality is um we met alex and we we're enamored with him i think paul was probably more so than than even i or anything anything like that but when we when we came up with the idea of having him produce it was it was a good idea to us and sounded good until it wasn't. I mean, it just kind of came to a point where I think our, you know, romanticized idea of what he would, could bring to the table were quickly dashed. I think um, not for anything, not for not for anything bad about him or anything. I think what we might have expected from him was something he had no idea of how to bring to the table or knew what the fuck we were even what it was that we wanted from him, you know. Um, um, and that's why we end up with Tommy early. Cause I think the record company and we just decided we've realized that, yeah, maybe this, this isn't exactly what we need, how this can work and how we can make a record. So Tommy early enters a picture to try and rein it all in and make it make sense. Yeah. It's interesting to hear those things. And, and I'll quickly bring up the, uh, the there's the live recording from 1986 on here. Uh, do you have any recollection recollections of that show? Not really. At, at all. I mean, you gotta, uh, for me, we were touring a lot then. I mean, from the time that I dropped out of school in the middle of my 10th grade and Peter Jesperson was kind of given guardianship to, uh, for me so I could leave the state and tour, we toured a lot. You know, we're, we're, you know, when I look at that time, I just seems to me like we're always on the road. I had this apartment that I, I remember a little about being in, but I had my own apartment that, you know, at 17, that was a cool apartment, but I don't, I don't remember spending all that time. <laughs> We're gone so much, you know. I don't blame you. I can't remember most of the last couple decades and that's not for just because, you know, so asking about one singular show 35 years ago or whatever. I, think I, I would have been surprised if you could. Thousands of shows I played over the course of my life. Yeah. I don't fucking remember nothing about that show. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> well, it sounds like a fun show. I'll at least say it's fun to listen to. It's a good show <laughs> to hear. Well, that's what I'm told. I mean, I, I had to defer because I 
there's two things I can't do with this stuff. I can listen to the stuff that I'm interested in and the stuff that I know is going to be cringy. I just, I have to defer because I, uh, and I defer to people I trust with my life on these things. Um, Peter Jesperson being one of them. And, uh, I don't necessarily trust Bob Muir with my life, but I trust that what he's doing and where he's going, whether the people are, 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 are back and, and, you know, like I said, I, I, I defer to him because I can't really listen to it. It's a good set. It's a great album. And I will uh, repeat myself when I say the same thing about your latest with uh, with Cowboys and Campfire. You guys are doing some tour dates as well. In yeah, we're, had, we're heading out on the 5th, uh, 5th of September, starting in Portland, Maine. We're going to work our way down the East Coast. And then uh, with a little luck, we're going to do the West Coast in November. Um, once the uh, rains, earthquakes, floods and fires are done. <laughs> what do you have to dodge out there right exactly. just everything exactly i moved to la 30 years ago this summer and when i got there fires floods earthquakes all within the first six months i was looking at my girlfriend at that time in the car in the, in the car as we were kind of seeking shelter from the earthquake and i'm just crying it was scary as fuck and i'm looking at her going what was i thinking why did I come here? Oh, sorry. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> we messed up, but and here, here we are, are again. again. Yeah, right. I had a good run. I had a good run there. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well, uh, safe travels out there. And uh, and I do hope I'll see you know this project out on the road. You know, if you uh, if you drop by Louisville, you can always say hi to us over here as well. But you're um, in Louisville? I'm in Louisville, man. Yeah. Dude, we're gonna be by there. We've been meaning to get back. I haven't been back to Louisville since I got my haircut. We played some cool place, and this guy gave me a haircut. Um, in his shop, like right next door, or something like that. It was fun. He cut, he cut my hair with a broken bottle. Is that true? Or are you just yeah, making no? I'm not. I'm not. I got tips. You could look in. I think you can go into my Instagram feed and find that from five, six years ago or something. Yeah. He's We've got real barbers here too, but yeah, it's uh Hey, get that spiky hairdo. You know, it's a little flat today because I, you know, it's a hat day, but drop by anytime. Uh Tommy, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Seriously. Uh thank you so much for taking the time. And uh and we'll see you around soon. Absolutely, man. You have yourself a great day. My thanks to Tommy Stinson. Uh, the, let's see, reissue of Tim. You can check that out. And that new album by Cowboys in the Campfire is also currently available. Thanks to you for checking out the episode. I do hope you hit that subscribe button. Again, when you do that, you're going to get three brand new interviews sent to you every single week. That's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so you can keep up to date with your favorite artists and discover those new ones at Spotify and Apple Podcast at NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. Because that's where I do a show Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's four hours of your favorite classic tracks from the 70s, 80s, 90s. We got the best in new music. There's lots of music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews as well. Uh, one of my recent shows had the music of Warren Zevon, 
Cowboy Junkies, Wilco, Donnie and Joe Emerson, Kristen Hirsch, Morrissey, uh, The Civil Wars, Black Pumas, Bell and Sebastian, Garbage, Big Audio Dynamite, Sonic Youth, David Bowie, Depeche Moe, Blur, PJ Harvey, Soundgarden, The Cranberries, of course The Replacements, and my interview with the cast of the Stars show Minx. That's just an example of what you get every weeknight starting at 6 p.m. at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on any of the social media spots. The address is always at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Consequence Podcast Network. I saw the I saw the Depeche Mode thing, and just my eyeballs were looking at it. it almost looked like it says Oppenheimer or something. When I looked at it, I'm like, wow. When people literally were walking around with Barbenheimer t-shirts on, I just thought, God, this is our society's just gotten so goofy, man. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media.